You're listening to the Metro LA Podcast, an official podcast of the LA International Church of Christ. Good evening, everybody. Robert Carrillo here in Studio A of Metro Vision. Good to see you all, in my mind at least, and good to be seen by you all. Uh, I want to welcome you to midweek, and uh, it's great to have you. It's great to be together. Tonight, we're going to do something a little bit different. Um, we're going to have kind of a family talk, right? We're going to talk a little bit about our region, where we're at, where we're going, what we're doing, and just really mostly a reminder because nothing, well, only a few things new, but most of it just kind of, sometimes you just got to stop and say, okay, where we're at, what are we doing, where are we going, and that's what tonight is. I want to start with uh, scripture in Mark chapter 3, it's a very famous scene in Jesus' life. It says that then Jesus' mother and brothers arrived. Standing outside, they sent someone to, in to call him. A crowd was sitting around him and they told him, your mother and brothers are outside looking for you. Who are my mother and my brothers? He asked. Then he looked at those seated in a circle around him and he said, here are my mother and my brothers. Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. You know, this is, this is a pretty radical teaching of Jesus. It's a pretty radical statement he makes. You know, Jewish culture is very family oriented. And that's on purpose because God is very family oriented. But Jesus takes it to a whole nother level. When they tell him, your family's outside, he says, who is my family? Who's my family? Whoever does God's will is my mother, my brother, and my sister. My family. That's a radical teaching. God has his own family. Jesus has his own family. And guess what? You and I are part of that. Why? Because we live our lives set out, setting out to do God's will. So we're his family. So in a very real way, we are family. Obviously, we know that. We call each other brother. We call each other sister. We have uncles and aunties, and we have all this spiritual family. But Sometimes we can think that, well, that's just how we are. No, that is how Jesus was. And that's what Jesus calls us to. We are God's family. So tonight, we're going to have a little bit of a family talk, right? We're going to have a little time to just talk about how we're doing, what's going on, and where we're going. As a, mostly, as I said, as a reminder, but also to share a few good news items of what's coming down the pike. But I hope that you love the family that God has given you like I love the family God has given me. You know, it was 21 months ago that Michelle and I pulled into the metro region uh, and, and we got to come here and we love serving here. We love being part of this family. We love the family that God has given us in Los Angeles, in South Central LA, the region, the metro region. I remember when I got here, we weren't even sure what to call ourselves. And we ended up, after tossing around a lot of names, we just stuck with the metro region. We got here at the towards the end of November, and you know we started out with some services out east. Michelle and I were being part of that service out in the east at um, Compton College. 
and for a couple of months, and then in January, we pulled the whole region together so we could connect and get to know everybody in the region so that we could establish our relationship and so that we could get the sectors to love each other and be committed to one another. Because there was definitely a, a the priority loyalty was to the sector, not so much to the region, not so much to the LA church, not so much necessarily even thinking about the kingdom of God, but but we wanted to pull everybody together and get the family together, get us on the same page and moving in the same direction. And in that January, we shared the the Metro 2020 vision. Now, if you remember that, this is I took this slide from the presentation we did that that January, and we had a whole bunch of meetings, a whole bunch of leaders meetings with the with the it was called the staff back then, which was kind of the pillar group of the region with the Bible talk leaders, with different ministry leaders, some one on one, mostly in groups, asking their vision, asking what do you want this church to be, what do you think God is calling us to be, and we came up with what I think is a pretty fantastic vision statement. What our vision of the metro region would be. And here it is. Here's that vision statement. I've read it a number of times, so hopefully it's not new to you. A church in love with God, led by Jesus and empowered by the Holy Spirit, where leadership is humble, spiritual, and strong. A church with great worship, where the members all walk with God and are driven by faith and unified by purpose. Where mutual respect permeates the fellowship as we help each other get to heaven. Where love is supreme and easily seen, felt, and experienced. A church where personal conviction is high and grace is abundant. Where renewal and formation is constant and conflicts are resolved spiritually. A church where everyone serves, gives generously, and is fruitful. A church that has a great kingdom kids ministry giving all children hope. A church where there's great dating, great teen, campus, and singles ministry. Where marriages and families can thrive and shine. A church that serves the community and takes care of each other, having no needy among ourselves. A church where our children become Christians and feel proud of this family. A church with strong women's and men's ministries. A church that continually raises up new, young, and older leaders and is able to send out trained leaders to start new churches and new ministries. A church that welcomes everybody from every race and ethnicity and background. A church that is family, abundant in faith, fruit, and fun. I mean, how's that for a vision? What a great vision. What a fantastic vision. What That's the church I want to be a part of. How about you? I mean, that's the church that any disciple would just die to be part of. And many disciples have died to be part of something like that. But okay, if we're honest, we know we're not there yet. We are definitely not there yet. We got a lot of growing to do. We got a lot of changes to make. You know, back then we talked about a plan to get there. We were gonna, we were gonna follow Jesus' plan was to call everybody repentance, call everybody back to God. And I shared the Hebrew concept of shuv, which is repent, which is not just feel bad and rotten about yourself and stop doing what you're doing. It's deeper than that. It's turn around and face God. That's what shuv is. That's what real repentance is. It's, we talked about calling everyone to be focused on the kingdom of God. And we did, we've done a lot of studies about what the kingdom of God is. We call, we, we, we talked about calling everyone to discipleship, to following Jesus. We said our first year, that year, eyes fixed on Jesus. Okay. We cannot follow somebody that we don't know that we don't see, that we don't have an experience with, right? 
We talked about meeting together to form that family, to build that bond between all of us, not just in the sector, but in the region and even with the entire LA church, you know, to, to be kingdom focused, to make, to seek the kingdom first, not my sector first, not even my region first, not even the LA church first, but the kingdom of God first, right? To train everyone, leaders and members. And we talked about training up deacons and elders and, and ministers and evangelists and, and, and helping all the members to be better equipped. And we've done from everything from grief, recovery, grief, journaling, spiritual, spiritual workshops. And, 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 and we talked about being sent out to change the world, right? This was the plan that we laid out, right? And then bam, we got hit by a pandemic. We got hit by a pandemic. No more regional services. No more any kind of services. No more getting together in groups. No more leaders meetings. No more getting the the family together and and sharing with one another. I mean, none of that. Everything was just came to a grinding halt, right? And 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 we've been challenged by that. I mean, we have absolutely been challenged by that. The church has been challenged. I read articles i read i talk to leaders all around the world in our fellowship in other churches i'm in classes with ministers from different churches i can tell you confidently we are all going through the same challenges and it's impacting churches all over the world it's having an effect on christianity the gospel advancing the kingdom of god and we are feeling it on multiple levels personally, emotionally. I mean, we feel the stress of it, the anxiety of it, all that comes with it. We've talked a lot about that. And that's not even to mention some of the other challenges that we have faced. And yet we have not stopped. We have not shrunk back. We have not stopped. We keep moving forward. And back in January, we talked about a plan for 2021 that we were going to keep working our plan, right? Plan what you do and plan what you do and do your plan, right? And, and so we start out with 12 weeks of spiritual formation, a spiritual workshop, leadership and spirituality training, which we've been doing over the summer. We've had, and then we've also had leadership workshops on Saturdays. We've had leadership training on Saturdays. We've had a lot going on in the meanwhile. We picked our theme for this year was in him, right? The father, the son, the Holy Spirit, right? That's, that's our theme. Again, with the idea of moving forward our plan, staying close to God, close to His Son, and close to the Holy Spirit. Every single sermon, every single lesson has been focused on one of them, either the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, so that we could grow in that. And 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 here's a great thing. Despite the many challenges that we have faced, we are growing as a region. We're still growing. You know, we've, we, we, we're growing in number, in number, number, which is, that's the first time in, 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 I don't know how many years, 10, 15 years since the region grew at all. And it actually grew a little, uh, not much, but a little bit, but it grew. But more, even more importantly, we have grown in greater love, in greater joy, in greater zeal, in greater faith, in greater fruit. Why? Because we're growing spiritually. And I'll tell you what's so exciting is that a lot of brothers and sisters have actually gotten stronger in this time period. 
have actually dug deeper into the Lord. You know, their quiet times, their prayer, people are, are putting into practice the things we've been talking about in midweek. And I get the phone calls. I get that, you know, usually you only get the emails or the texts that are somebody's mad about something or somebody's negative about something. But I've even gotten positive texts thanking for the, thanking me for the lesson or thanking the leadership for the focus or, and, and that is awesome to see even in the midst of all our challenges. We're not slowing down. You know, traditionally we have three worship centers, you know, the, the call, we call them sectors at the point, you know, the east sector, the downtown, the south. And then of course we also have the Spanish, which is in kind of all of them. And, and this was how we were structured. The challenge was in that we, we didn't have a staff for that anymore. You know, when that was all created, there was 1500 members in this region. There was full-time couples in each of those sectors. Since we not had, since the region has shrunk, we've not had the finances, we've not had the budget, we've not been able to have that staff, and we've been shrinking steadily. And, and the only thing worse than shrinking is doing nothing about it. So we've been doing something about it. And the interesting thing, if you look at this map, this is a map with, I dropped in as all the people's addresses that I could get a hold of, all the members' addresses, our family, and where they live. But look what's happening right in the middle. You notice there's a big hole. Where? South Central LA. Basically South Central LA. We're supposed to, we were the South Central region before. And, and we're not even there anymore. Um, so that is somewhere where we need to go. And I have a vision. I'm excited. There are brothers and sisters in this region who totally want to make something happen there. And even in the West has called me. Lounsbury called me saying that there are, there's a bunch of brothers and sisters in the West region that actually live in that area. They're, part of the West and they want to do something. So we're going to work together, but we have been advancing on a lot of different levels and a lot of different fronts. And then bam, we got hit by that pandemic and that pandemic really has taken a toll on us. You know, we, we, of course, during the same time, we've had all the, the political, uh, just junk that's been happening. That's been dividing, even dividing brothers and sisters and different political views, different philosophical views of everything, and everything is so politicized, it has really challenged our unity. You know, and at the same time, of course, a lot of concerns and issues that deal with race relations and and racial justice has come up, has come to the surface, and we've been dealing with these things. We've done many studies, we've had incredible talks and meetings and gatherings on Zoom, but they've been amazing as we work through this. And and of course, the squad was formed to meet the meet the the the, the needs head on, and and you know, we've been challenged. Uh, even with, with, you know, biblical doctrines on gender roles and leadership and things like that, we've, there's, there, we've just, honestly, we've been hit by so many challenges. And that's beside the pandemic, which has been emotionally so incredibly draining. Um, not only because, you know, of course, people have lost their jobs, uh, and that's created a lot of economic hardship. We've lost so many of us. And I mean, a lot of us have lost a parent, have lost a relative, have lost a friend in this last year and a half. It's amazing how many of us are in mourning right now, are working still through our hearts, being hurt, being crushed by losing somebody that we love so much. And all that is in the background of all this other stuff happening. So certainly this 
this pandemic has hit us so hard. But you know what? I'm so proud of the church that we have not stopped. We we have not stopped. We have not held back. We have continued to advance. We've evolved with the needs. We've made changes as needed. You know, we've become an online church. You know, we have, I was just looking this morning. We've had, we have over 570 uh, lessons, devotionals, uh, Bible studies on our Zoom channel, you know, and that's the Wednesday night, the Sunday morning, the Soul Sisters, you know, that, that was born during this time as we became an online church to adapt quickly to the needs, you know, we have over a hundred Spanish lessons and Bible talks and, and classes. And we have, we have right now, uh, 1,680 viewers, subscribers on our YouTube channel, which is pretty remarkable considering that we have less than 400 people in our region, that we would have so many people tuning into view, which shows that we're still in a sense being evangelistic. We're still reaching out. And some of that I know is brothers and sisters and other ministries. Some of that is I also know for a fact that that's a lot of there's parents watching, there's siblings watching, there's neighbors watching, and I know that because I've met a number of them, and and it's been great to see because you know having an online church isn't as threatening for some as showing up as to a physical meeting. So nonetheless, despite all the challenges we have, we have not stopped, we have not slowed down to keep moving forward. There's other things that have made our Christian life much harder. There are things that have challenged us deeply, of course, you know, and of course, we are under attack. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. You know, I've always, I've always seen this pattern wherever Michelle and I've been, whether it was the Caribbean or New York or San Diego or Mexico or wherever we've been, that whenever you set out to do something great, Satan attacks always. It's just what he does, you know. When he was going to start his ministry, he went to the desert to be with God, and Satan came after him. It's his pattern. It's what he does. In First Peter 5, classic scripture, he says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of of sufferings. You know, he tells us very, Peter, you know, Peter probably, you know, was going through the, the, the intensity of persecution during the early church. You know, the church has, has long history of persecution. The emperor was trying to stamp out Christianity. He was trying to eliminate Christians. He was trying to get rid of them all, kill them all off. Thousands of Christians died in, in arenas being fed to lions, being fed to animals to wild animals being torn apart entire families children imagine all they had to do was deny jesus and they could be set free but they wouldn't they stood by their faith they stood by their convictions even if it meant being killed by lions or tigers or or whatever animals that 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 the romans would throw after them nero was famous for for uh the human torches. He had human torches in his gardens in Rome that were humans that he'd cover with tar and set on fire. And, and, and he loved to do this particularly to Christians. You know, the, the, the famous fire that burned up most of Rome. Of course, he blamed that on Christians and killed thousands of Christians because of that. The persecution was so intense. God, Christians have always gone through intense challenges. 
I mean, the, 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 the challenge, the, I, I, I sincerely believe that some of that is simply so that our faith can be purified, right? We, in first Peter 1 6, he says, in all this you greatly rejoice, though for now, for a little while, you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that you're, that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. He said, look, we're all going through challenges, and what is that doing? That's purifying our faith. It's making us stronger. I remember um, when I was a young Christian, when I became a Christian, first time I pulled up to church, there was picketers out front. And they were saying, they had signs that said, cult, stay away, uh, brainwashers, uh, love bombers, you know, and I, which I thought was a little funny that they would call us love bombers or that we were love bombing, you know, it's like, man, you know, bomb me away, you know, I need the love. But, but, um, you know, I had to cross that picket line just to go to church and our little church in San Diego, man, it was getting persecuted left and right. There were reporters showing up to church. There was articles in the newspaper, the TV stations, all this stuff, because we were so radically committed putting the church, putting the kingdom of God, even over family, over everything else. And that terrified people. And they thought that was crazy. And they persecuted us for that. But you know, it doesn't, that, that, that happened a long time ago, but I, I, I still run into it all over. I talked to a brother a few years back where, where he told me they were at midweek and they heard, they heard all these sirens and stuff outside. They were meeting in a hotel and, um, and he found out that, that basically somebody, he lived in a country that was not Christian friendly and somebody had strapped bombs all around themselves and they were going to go into the midweek and blow themselves up uh, in the middle of midweek. But the bomb coincidentally, or not coincidentally, but accidentally went off when the guy was still in the parking lot. So he killed no Christians, only himself. And you know what they did after that happened? They continued praising God. Why? Because they're the family of God. They understand. They know what it, they they counted the cost. Jesus said, "Unless you deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me daily, you have no part with me." What good is it to save your life and lose your soul? You know, can you gain back your soul? Is anything worth your soul? Jesus very much made the disciples count the cost, and those brothers and sisters in that in that country, they understood that cost. That's what happens to disciples. We get challenged in ways. And, and, and we get tested, you know, it's, it's, um, I talked about five years ago, I was at, a, at one of the leadership conferences in the Middle East and I was talking to brothers and sisters. I met, I met brothers that were in a Bible talk and, and that the Bible talk in the middle of Bible talk, these guys burst, busted down the door, ran in, started beating them up, attacking them. One of the brothers got stabbed. Uh, it was a radical, uh, a religious group that was attacking them. And they tried to grab the sister and drag her away. The brothers fought them off and she got away, you know, and, and I said, so what did you guys do? Well, we went to church. That's what we do. We're disciples. We find a way to keep going. And, and, and Satan throws everything he can at us to persecute us. I talked to another brother who, who, well, actually I heard his story. He shared the story with all of us of this brother who became a Christian and his wife became a Christian. His Her family found out that she had converted to Christianity. While he was at work, they went to her house, their house, 
doused her in gasoline and set her on fire. And you know what that brother did? He continued faithful and he was still at church the next week. It didn't stop him. I talked to another young brother. He was probably about 22, 23 years old. He got picked up. They found out he'd gotten baptized. They'd put him in jail. They beat him. They tortured him. And in his weakness, he denied Jesus. He he said, okay, I, I renounce Jesus. And they let him go. But he felt so bad about it that he said he was going to repent and be faithful and loyal to Jesus the rest of his life. He went down to a tattoo shop and had a big cross tattooed on his chest just so that he could never say again that he wasn't a Christian. You know, maybe a little bit of zeal without knowledge, but I appreciate his heart, that kind of devotion, that kind of commitment, you know, because that's the Christian life. That's what a disciple of Jesus does. That's what a family member of Jesus stays faithful through thick and thin. They don't run. They don't hide. They don't quit. They don't back off. They don't shrink away. They stay faithful. They stay committed. They stay connected to God and the family of believers. And let me tell you something. Our faith, our Christianity is being tested right now. It's being tested. And a lot of us, a lot of us, too many of us have been knocked backwards. We're not as committed. We're not as connected. We're not as involved as we used to be. You know, a lot of us, you know, the truth is here, we're in California. Uh, we, we don't have those challenges. Our per, we're not getting persecuted like that. We're not getting challenged. We're not in fear of dying. But our faith, in our commitment, our devotion is still being tested. It's still being challenged. And I don't, and I want to make clear again, I'm not talking about people staying home and watching the service online because they don't feel safe going to a park service. That's perfectly fine. Do what you got to do to be safe, to be as safe as you can be. And if it's better for you to watch the services online, that's why we're doing them. And that's why we're going to continue doing them through the end of the year. But I think some of us could go. We just don't feel like going. Some of us, the issue is not safety. We go to malls. We go to restaurants. We do all kinds of stuff. But then we don't go to church. And it's not about the safety. It's about we just don't feel like it. And I, I get that. I understand it. The first time we had a park service, I remember I woke up and thought, oh, man, now I got to get dressed up and, and get all ready and go and be giving and all that. And as soon as I thought and felt that, and I did, I confess, I did, I thought, shame on you, Robert. What the heck are you thinking? I mean, come on. Wouldn't you be willing to drive two hours just to be with the family? Wouldn't you be willing to walk? Wouldn't you be willing to take the bus, a three-hour ride to get there? You know, I heard about a brother. Um, he shared at a conference. And he was very poor. His wife um, was very poor, and I, I'm not sure what was what physical ailments she had, but they, her she, her legs had been amputated. And he would carry her to the bus stop. They'd ride the bus, and he'd carry her to the to the building where we had church service every Sunday, every midweek. But then the crazy thing is, sometimes the bus didn't show up, and he would carry her all the way to church. Why would somebody do that? Because he is a family member of Jesus. Because he understands what this is all about. He understands that the kingdom of God is a pearl of great value. He understands that therefore he would seek the kingdom first, no matter what the cost. So it does make me concerned 
When I hear about brothers and sisters that don't want to drive 35 minutes to a park in Carson because it's too far. And they're riding. They're not walking. They're not riding public transportation and carrying somebody. They're riding in air-conditioned cars listening to the music. And they don't want to drive that far. Honestly, it really scares my heart. Where has that person gone? What has happened to that person's conviction and faith and love and devotion? And I know sometimes we get stuck in provincial thinking. That's small thinking. Or another way to call it stinking thinking. Where, well, this is my group and this is all, this is where we live and this is what we do instead of looking at the kingdom of God. And if the kingdom of God met in Santa Barbara, I'd be there. If the kingdom of God met in the roughest, scariest, most dangerous neighborhood in LA, I would find a way to get there. Because I am a brother of Jesus. I am a sister of Jesus. I am a mother of Jesus. I am a family member of God. And I will crawl over broken glass and nails to get to God, to get to his family. It's who we need to be. It's who we have been called to be. Jesus loved challenging people. When a rich young ruler came and said, what do I need to do to have a child? He challenged him. Give up your wealth. Give to the poor. And you go proclaim the kingdom of God. And he went away sad. If there's something that Satan has to do to stop us from showing up, to stop us from living the Christian life, he will absolutely do it. Whether it's distance or a dispute or a, or conflict or whatever. If you have a price tag to buy you out of the church, he will absolutely pay it. We can't be those people that shrink back and are afraid. We can't be that. We can't let Satan trick us like that. In Hebrews 10.22, says, Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from the guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly. What does unswervingly mean? You don't let go. <laughs> it means you don't lean to the left. You don't lean to the right. You just hang on tight to God. You hold to God's unchanging hand. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Do not, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, when they were getting persecuted, and this is the, this was a letter, this was a sermon written to Hebrew Christians who were getting persecution and, and shrinking back, being tempted to shrink back. We're all being tempted to shrink back. We're all being tempted to have a little bit of Christianity light, you know, that isn't challenging, that isn't difficult, that isn't hard. We're all being offered a different version of Christianity, consumer Christianity, where you only do what's comfortable for you, where you judge the church instead of being judged by God, you judge God. And we decide what we'll do, don't do, depending on how convenient it is. We're all being offered that dish from Satan. And we have to choose Jesus. We have to choose what is right. We have to appreciate what God has done, what Jesus went through for us. Going to the cross, suffering intently, intensely, so that we could be saved and be willing to do the same. Be willing to lose our lives. Be willing to suffer. Be willing to go through anything. That's the family of God. 
That's the church I want to be a part of. That's the group I want to be with. When times get tough, disciples get tough. Sometimes you got to dig in. You know, and the fires, it broke my heart yesterday. I used to live in Tahoe when I was a kid. And the fires have reached Lake Tahoe. And they're evacuating South Lake Tahoe. And they were showing, they were interviewing this girl. She was in a group of firefighters that got surrounded by flames. And they got out okay. But you know what they do? They teach you to do? They teach you to, if you're surrounded by flames, you dig a hole in the ground and you get in it. You dig in with the hopes that the flames will pass over you and not catch you on fire. And, and, and protect you in that hole, but you've got to dig in. Do you remember the lesson we did on digging into God? Deeper in God. When things get hard, you got to dig in. And I can't help thinking about, remember the old movie Warriors where he's the, the, the guy says, can you dig it? You know, we got to dig in. That's what we've got to do. So many, there's too many brothers and sisters who are getting beat up right now spiritually who are drifting away, who are disconnected. And it's got nothing to do with whether you're able to make it to a park service. That's got nothing to do with it. If you don't feel safe at a park service, don't worry about it. Watch the service online, but stay connected. Make sure that you're doing whatever you've got to do to stay connected to the family, to stay strong in the Lord. Don't give up meeting together, even if that's on Zoom, even if that's on 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 the phone. Consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good deeds. Figure out ways. How can I encourage people in my Bible talk? Don't be the person who sits around and waits and wonders, why doesn't anybody love me? Why doesn't anybody reach out to me? Be the one who reaches out. We're each called to be like Jesus. We're not called to be Mary or Martha who got reached out to. We're not called to be the, the blind Barnabas who got reached out to. We're called to be like Jesus, the one who reaches out. The one who goes after other people and helping others and serving others. We have a great vision statement. I believe we're going to become that church. It's not going to happen overnight. I know we're not there. I know we're a long ways from there. It's okay. We're on our way. We're not shrinking back. We're going to keep meeting those goals. We're still raising up leaders. We're still raising up ministry people. We're still going to appoint elders. I mean, I'm so excited. We've been meeting regularly with with the Sanchez's, the Vu's, the Esperantos, the Henry's, the Simmons, training them to be elders. Because we talked about appointing elders and strengthening the leadership, the spiritual godly leadership of this of this region. And those are incredible men and women, spiritual, godly, full of wisdom. And we're going to be training them, hopefully appointing them by the end of this year, some of them, and then some of them after that. But we're going to have a continual addition of elders in our region that will strengthen our region. I'll give you more details of that in the future. We're still raising up leaders. We've had uh, Casey Esmond and, and we have a whole leadership group that's just an amazing group of people. Um, I'm so grateful the keys, how they've risen up and taken on more and more to help in our region. Uh, I'm so grateful for the Esmonds who've, who've made it known they want to be in the ministry full time. And Casey's been in part time, a, a very small part time, and we're going to increase his role and have him help more with the region. We're going to be talking to leaders about where exactly he can help the best, but we're adding, we're not shrinking back. We're not going backwards. We're moving forward. It doesn't matter that there's a pandemic. It doesn't matter that we're 
we're getting challenged on all these fronts. We are advancing the kingdom of God, and we will continue. If that means online or at a park or in a sector park service, which I hope we can have some sector park services, or in house church services, which I hope we can help. We do whatever we got to do just to stay connected and keep encouraging each other and 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 keep safe for everyone right take care of everyone and and we pray that 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 we'll figure out a way to just stay as strong as ever and keep advancing we may not be able to have the staff we once had when we had 15 1600 members and full-time people in every sector but we have leaders we have strong members who can help and and Speaking of park services, I do want to share something about what, uh, something we're going to be doing here. Um, a couple of things have happened recently. Um, one, there are more people that would like to attend the park services, but don't feel totally safe, but that would like to. And, you know, truthfully, uh, we, we've gotten a little lax in hugging and even sharing food and things like that. That, uh, we, we need to be cautious because the second thing that's happened lately is the pandemic is getting worse. I'm sure you've heard all about it in the news with the, with the Delta variant and, and, and hospitals are filling up again. So we've got to take extra caution. I know we don't want to stop having the park services. Uh, those of us who have felt safe enough to attend, we love it. It's been so great to see everybody. Um, but we all need to change a little bit. I need to change. I was hugging people. I confess I blew it. Um, we need to not be hugging. We need to get back to just, you know, the elbow greet. And, um, and unfortunately, I think we're, we're going to have to make sure we're not sharing food. I just two weeks ago spoke or last week, two weeks ago spoke at the San Francisco house church. And, um, and they were telling me, how they did a potluck and five of the members got COVID from one of the members that had COVID at the potluck, you know, and they got it because they shared their food. We need to make sure we're not doing that. We need to make sure. So I know this Labor Day weekend, we were going to have a potluck after, after church, even though it was going to be bring your own food. Still, we can't, we can't do that. We're unfortunately going to need to go home, celebrate, you know, and if you feel safe, you know, getting together with another family. Amen. That's up to you. Um, but the problem is people take off their masks and then we start sharing germs. Um, and I do want to say this. I think it's been great how much everybody has been observing the request that we all wear masks at services. Um, I, I appreciate, I think, I know not everybody is supportive of mask wearing, you know, there are some brothers and sisters that feel like we shouldn't have to wear masks, but I so much appreciate and respect the fact that they wear their mask anyways for the good of others, for the well-being and safety of others. They're willing to, in a sense, throw away their right to not wear a mask and wear it and submit to the need of the church. You know, it also, honestly, it makes me think, uh, you know, in Acts 15, they had this big issue about whether Gentiles need to become Jews or not. And the pronouncement was, no, they don't need to become Jews. Therefore, that means, and that gets real specific when you're talking about brothers having to get circumcised who are adult men, right? I mean, that's a sensitive subject. You talk about a sensitive subject. Um, and the answer was, no, they don't have to do it. They can stay Gentiles. They don't need to become Jews. The very next chapter Paul takes Timothy and has him circumcised. Why? For the good of the church. Because Timothy was going with Paul to Jerusalem and meeting in synagogues and with Jews. And if he was not circumcised, it would be an impediment to the gospel. 
it would be difficult to advance the gospel. So for the good of the gospel, he was circumcised. He gave up his right not to be. Paul once said to the church in Corinth, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. See, it's the mark of spiritual maturity. Is that it's not about your rights. It's not about what I have the right to do. I don't have to do this. Or I don't have to do that. It's what is best for the kingdom. You know, Philippians 2 says, consider others better than ourselves. Look not only to our own interest, but the interest of others. And that's that spirit. So I want to say thank you to everybody for wearing their masks. And especially those who, I know, don't believe in wearing masks. Appreciate you set that aside for the good of the body and for the unity of the church, you know. And we have one specific new thing that we're going to be doing. Um, this is something we've actually picked up from other regions and other churches that are doing so that people can feel safe coming to church. And it falls into that category, doing something for the good of the group or the good of others, is they wear button or they wear uh, stickers, dots, basically on their clothes. And there are three colors. There's a red one, a yellow one, and a green one. The red one means I don't feel safe touching or having contact. So let's not hug, you know, let's not, let's not have any kind of contact. Uh, the yellow one means only if I choose to or agree to or give permission, bottom line, because there's some people that are always together and, you know, there's no reason they can't. Um, so if you feel like you, there's some people you would like to give permission to, you can wear a yellow dot or the, the, the green dot is I feel perfectly safe and hug away, you know, I feel safe. And there's not a hierarchy here. It's not like, well, if you're faithful and love God, you'll have a green dot. No, you can be faithful and love God and have a red dot because you have some very real concerns. And we want to open that door, make that possible for everybody. So we're going to have dots there at the park service so you can get your dot, put it on, you let everybody. I know it's a little weird. It's a little weird, but it's okay. It's okay. For the good of the body, it's working in other regions and other churches, other ministries. So we understand uh, if it works for them, great, awesome. Bottom line, guys, of tonight's family meeting is we're not stopping. We're going to keep moving forward. We, we've been slowed down on a number of areas. We've hit some speed bumps. We've hit some quite a few challenges. But we're going to keep marching forward. We're going to keep advancing in the faith. In Hebrews 10.32, he said, Remember those earlier days after you'd received the light? When you endured a great conflict full of suffering, sometimes you were publicly exposed to insult and persecutions. At other times, you stood side by side with those who were trained, treated. You suffered along with those in prison and joyfully accepted the confiscation of your property because you knew that you yourselves had better and lasting possessions. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You know, the confidence that we had at the beginning that we need to keep having, you know, that we're going to build that church, that vision we had. We're not going to let political divisions, racial divisions, uh, gender divisions, pandemic, and even anxiety, sorrow, and mourning, which are so intense on so many levels. But we're going to stay faithful to God. If anything, we're going to let these things cause us to grow stronger. And many have, and I appreciate them so much. Some of us have gotten really beaten up by this and pulled away and disconnected. And we got to pull ourselves back in. And those of you who know somebody who's drifting away, 
Grab a hold of them as a brother, as a sister. Pull them back in. Set up times to pray together. Connect. We're going to keep adding. We're going to appoint elders and have a great eldership team. We're going to hire in the future ministers to help serve the church. We're going to put Casey and Michelle in a greater role. If you have any thoughts on that or anything you'd like to suggest, please email me or Reese or or any of the of the shepherds, the the Sanchez, the Vus, the the Esperantos, the Simmons, the Henleys, the Webers, of course, who are elders, um, or Doug's an elder and Joanne's an elder, I guess, so we know they're both awesome. But let us know what your ideas are. Let us know what 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 your ideas, but let's let let's keep moving forward. Let's keep advancing. Let's build a great church for God. Let's fulfill that vision that I believe completely came from God. He closes out, he says, So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. And but 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 my righteous one will live by faith. And I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. This the Lord says. But we do not belong to those who shrink back and are destroyed, but to those who have faith and are saved. Why? Because we're Jesus' family. We're the family of God. Metro region, you are the family of God. Let's be the family that we've been called to be. Let's be Jesus' family. Let's continue growing and advancing. And I hope someday we'll have full-time ministers in every sector and every part, including South Central, and, and we'll be cranking. Meanwhile, let's just keep building and keep pushing forward and not shrink back and not be destroyed but advance and grab a hold of that which Jesus grabbed a hold of us for. God bless you and when coming. You've just listened to the Metro LA podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit MetroLARegion.com.